a bit of a warning up top. Um, we do talk about immigration. We talk about um, race in America. We talk about uh, issues of systemic racism in STEM and in general. Uh, these are all topics that we talk about and filter through and things through this episode. So if these are topics that are hard for you, if these are topics that you are kind of, um, you know, experiencing personally right now and, and you just need a break from it, um, you might want to take a break from this episode. But we hope you stick around. Hey, everybody. Devin Boker, The Wildlife. Richard's not here um, today. Not today. Not for part two. Um, because uh, we're doing this a little bit different than... I guess what's usual, what's typical. This episode's not going to have any of the um, the commentary, animal sound of the week. We're not going to read a review. Um, n- none of none of that stuff uh, because today it's part two. Uh, part two of the uh, conversation with Chelsea Connor, who has been hard at work the last few days um, dealing with a. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Insane level something that's happening on um, science Twitter. It seems like it's largely coming to a conclusion. And we are going to do a bonus episode on it this weekend where we talk about it a little bit, explain it for people who are still wondering. Um, But here's the thing. Last week where we ended um, was with a little bit of uncertainty. The whole second half of the interview that you're about to hear, we're, we're just going to play the raw conversation. No edits, nothing like that. In part because um, we we felt for the integrity of the conversation, for the for the truth of it, um, it was best to just leave it be and, and to not do a lot of, you know, the production stuff and uh, you know, keep it as true to form as it was. Conversation is important. Some of the stuff that we talk about has since changed, you know, since the initial conversation. And one of those things was the announcement that the Trump administration, um, a statement from ICE that that basically said um, students who fall under certain visas may not take a full online course load and remain in the United States. They said that the U.S. Department of State will not issue visas to students enrolled in schools and or programs that are fully online for the fall semester, nor will U.S. Customs and Border Protection permit these students to enter the United States. That is a policy that would impact 1.2 million students who fall under those affected visas, enrolled at more than 8,700 schools nationwide. In fact, international students make up about 5% of the total student body of colleges and universities in the United States. They contribute millions of dollars to the economy, invigorate industries. Now, when we had our conversation, that's where things were at the time. Things have since changed a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. See, on July 14th, the U.S. government um, was pretty much forced um, because of so many legal challenges to to rescind that previous announcement. U.S. District Judge Allison Burroughs announced that the Department of Homeland Security agreed to rescind that rule that prohibited international students from taking university courses um, online during the COVID-19 pandemic. However, it still applies to F-1 and M-1 visas of first-year students, undergrad. So if you are a first-year undergrad student on a visa, you will not be allowed in the U.S. if your course load is online. So there has been some change, not a lot of change. And as it stands at this moment, there's still discussion about changing the changes that have been made. And uh, we still don't entirely know where things will end up. Harvard, actually, today, announced that first-year international students will not be allowed. And that is because of the decision from U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement. So that gives you a uh, slight bit of information, piece of context for where our conversation heads, what it revolves around, um, you know, just some of the uh, emotion. We do also talk about 
um, Black AF in STEM, People of Color in Science, Science communication in general and where our downfalls are in, in attempting to communicate complex information to a, a wide society, especially in a time like this, dealing with a global pandemic where information is changing daily. But the thing that's missing from this episode is annuls. I mean, we mentioned them a couple of times. We don't talk really much more about annuls. Um, however, you know, she is still the uh, Herper Barbie annul queen. And uh, we are still doing our giveaway of one annul sticker a day to people who are interacting with our Twitter post. So check that out. And um, also look at her stuff at uh, chelseaherps.redbubble.com. Um, you can also support her on Patreon at patreon.com slash chelsearts, which has a lot of really great stuff. And she's been allowing people to vote on what her next stickers will be and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, like I said, this is just raw conversation. The one thing that I do want to do at the top before we get into it um, is, is thank the people who make this stuff possible. Thank the people who make the nonprofit possible, who are helping us to get our initiatives off the ground, who, who help us to do more episodes, make more content, expand on what we're doing. That's our patrons, the people who are member supporters at patreon.com slash the wildlife. Andrea Lloyd, Chris Trankel, Angela Seibert, Bridget Fitzgerald, Christina Boker, Maria Hancox, Matt Capel, Megan Gariani, Mike Henry, Vikram Baligi, Whitney Vandeveer, Zach Stednick, April Blinsky-Kimiak, Kim Jolay, Karen Bergman, Tara Peterson, Charlie Rodriguez, Charlene Irvin-Brown, and Rosie Bailey. From the bottom of my heart, I mean this, we could not do this without you. And so we really genuinely appreciate your support, both in listening, but the fact that you are trusting of us and willing enough to, to put forth actual dollars to help us expand on what we're doing, to help us get these initiatives off the ground. It, it means the world. So thank you. And um, let's get to it. Now, you're right. Remember at the tail end of the episode last time, uh, where we were, we're kind of leaving off in a transition period, talking about a few different things, but um, uh, what you're about to hear picking up is where we're talking about Chelsea Connor's involvement with Black AF and STEM and Black Birders Week and how life has changed since then. It's... I'm, I'm just trying to find the, the right words here. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even if I don't, it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. People being inspired to act is one of the the main things that um, I feel like is is necessary change, and um, people people wanting to to do more and to give back and mm. act to do better is so important, and um, knowing that we were able to inspire that. Um, I'm just like, oh my God, what? <laughs> that was like, we helped with that. It's, uh, <laughs> but um, I can't say enough how proud I am of, of what we managed to pull off and also how proud I am of everybody um, else out there who's like putting in, in the work to um, help us continue and carry on these conversations and um, just generally make the world a better place for everyone and not just some people. Yeah. And um, those are those are things that we need right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to, to see and um, Clearly, I am bad at finding words this morning. Oh, but... yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I, I guess one of my questions is, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat in case you can't tell <laughs> with, with the word finding. So yeah, that's fine. But, um, you know, uh, one of the things that, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm understanding and, uh, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that we're really taking a look at as an organization now, um, is, you know, what are these, um, what are, what are the reasons behind and, and the reasons are very, very clear, but you know, how, how does it, how does it manifest itself in some ways, I guess, is, you know, um, the, why, why is it that, um, science and the outdoors, um, you know, seems to be so homogenous and is very homogenous mm-hmm. and, and, but balancing that with, um, because, because what a lot of people will say and, and they're, um, I think misguided on it is, you know, well, it's just a lack of interest. You know, there, there's not the same kind of interest or anything. Like that. And I, I, I don't buy that oh, at God. all. Um, I've, I've heard that a few times and it's just like, it really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, every time I hear it, it, every time I hear it, it gets worse. Like, yeah. I think the first time I heard that, I was like, that's an interesting take. And now like time... 1,563 I'm like yeah. honestly if I hear it one more time <laughs> I don't, I'm, it's just, I'm breaking something yeah it's just because I don't know how you I don't know how you get in like such a, a bubble that you don't realize yeah. that like anybody can be interested in anything yeah um black yeah. people are not a monolith we're where you have a range of interests right um there's a lot of black people out there who cosplay and who like anime uh-huh. um like me and there's black people who don't like that at all because you're allowed to not like that yeah um or they're solely into into they're they're really into like uh medical sciences Mm -hmm. being a doctor was their their dream and like people want different things and it's not because of their race it's just because people want different things yeah I think, I think with science and nature, I think if you're interested in those things like that, I mean, you just look at little kids and mm-hmm. every little kid is interested in, in science and like figuring things out and asking questions and, and animals and like following a lizard around and, and that kind of thing. And it's something that's mm-hmm. just, it, it's a thing. It's like, it's a thing that people do and and something happens along the way and then it's a whole lot of somethings um that that kind of push people out or don't allow people in and it's it's exclusion and and so i guess my question is aside from i don't i I guess i don't really know i guess i really don't know what the question is (laughs) it's just it's (laughs) such a multifaceted thing it's just like you know how so how um I th- I think because as I'm saying this, I'm also you know in my head I'm thinking, you know it's it's not it's not the onus isn't on um, black indigenous and people of color the onus is on uh, you know white people to to mm-hmm. you know to to not restrict and to to be anti racist and to um, yeah you know bring like down Angela Davis says it's it's not enough to just be not racist you have right. to be anti-racist as well exactly um you have to be actively anti-racist and just be like oh well um i'm sure this will be all right it's like <laughs> no you need to you need to just you need to be here at all yeah. times you need to be present yeah. um because we definitely don't have the opportunity to be like well i'm i see you being racist to me so i'm just gonna pretend that that's not happening and uh you know just check out from the whole situation we can't check out the situation we're black all the time right right there's no way i can be like oh well i just uh, i don't want to do this i'm just not yeah yeah and so i i think that's where that's where this question comes into play that i i am juggling with a little bit is that you know uh, so one of one of the things that um is is you know really bugs me and, I, and i've heard it a lot lately in a lot of interviews and things um sort of like well how did you how did you get to where you are 
you know, what did you do? And what bothers me a little bit about that is it seems to me to imply like, not that there isn't something special about whatever individual they're talking to, but like there's something particularly special about them as a person of color that allowed them to make it to, you know, some, mm-hmm. some, you know, high academic uh, position or, or something like that. And that, you know, it, that, so I, that's that question. I, I don't really like a whole lot, yeah. um, but I, you know, I, I do want to ask, you know, what advice do you have? Ooh. Definitely. Um, if you can afford to take a chance, mm-hmm. um, like how I took a chance with that research trip, if you, if you are, able if you have the capacity to do that definitely go ahead and do it um because one of the issues that um black people um as well as indigenous people and other people of color have with um getting into academia is that we aren't afforded the same opportunities that white people are Mm -hmm. um we don't have that privilege of like being able to just be like, yeah, I can do this inter- unpaid internship. Because <laughs> right. um, yeah. we, we would need to, um, a lot of us would need to have um, a job that pays to be able to do that as well. Yeah. Um, but if you find yourself in a position where you can, you can take an opportunity like that, definitely go for it. And um me saying that doesn't mean that you um, out there listening as an ally don't have to create space where we don't right. need to think about if I can take the opportunity or not. Definitely go ahead and make those opportunities where it's not a, a second guess for us or it's not like a I can I'm definitely going to go ahead and sacrifice X thing so that I can do this. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to give up something just so we can further our careers. Right. Um, I shouldn't have to be like, oh, do I really need to pay this right now or do <laughs> I need to do this so that I can have it on my resume? Yeah, that should never have to be an option for anybody. So definitely still go ahead and make those opportunities. But um, if you as um, a student of color uh, find an opportunity that you can you have the capacity to take, Mm -hmm. um, I think you should take it because taking chances on things and um, taking risks help you figure out who you are and what you want to do where you want to go yeah yeah and as long as you are able take that chance then i i think you should do it because i did and um now here i am with my beautiful knolls and i'm so happy (laughs) and i'm so i love them so much um uh now i am an old queen (laughs) (laughs) And that leads me to my other point, like, don't be ashamed to be wrong about something and don't worry about um, knowing everything. Because even though that I have like an old queen um, in my in my my Twitter title, like, (laughs) it's, it's partially a fun thing but it's also like a goal yeah. I don't feel like I know everything about anoles and I don't think I will ever know every single thing about anoles yeah. um the species is so highly variable there's so much happening with them there's gonna be things that I don't know there's gonna be things that I can't answer um there's gonna be things that I can't answer but I might forget that day that I'm asked about it and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being wrong about something because learning is a continuous process right and if you close yourself off to that you're 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 not gonna get very far you have to be willing to learn and you have to be willing to understand that you're you're always able to learn something there's there's always going to be something that you don't know and you have to accept that and you have to like like i'm happy about it i'm happy to learn things i'm happy for people to teach me things Mm -hmm. um if you notice something about an anole and you're like, hey, here's what I saw with my anole. And it's like, and I don't know that I'm going to say, I don't know that they did that. That is really cool. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. Um, and if I think of anybody that might know why they're doing that, I'll definitely tag them so that they can mm-hmm. tell me what's going on because I don't know everything about them. And um, the people that I, I work with, um, 
also don't know everything about them but we we feed off of each other and that's what a science community should be like we share knowledge of each other and then we should also be able to um share our knowledge of people who don't study science like it's, yeah. it should be something that we afford for ourselves right and uh use jargon is cool and fine when you're talking to another scientist mm -hmm. um but like even scientists out of your discipline might not understand the terms that you're using and you have to be able to communicate that with someone. Yeah, yeah. Knowledge is meant to be shared. It's not meant for you to be like, oh, well, look, I did. Yeah. I uh, wrote like five <laughs> papers last month <laughs> and uh, I'm so cool. Like, OK, you wrote those five papers and what? Like, yeah. do people know about the work that you're doing? Can you share that with them in mm -hmm. a way that um, inspires them to to act to conversation? conservation to um, want to learn more about the species that you're studying to ask questions to yeah. be more curious and uh, inspiring curiosity and inspiring that that passion and showing people your passion is so important yeah yeah absolutely you know and one of the i feel like i went off on a bit of a oh, tangent no, 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 you're question fine. that you asked <laughs> you're fine uh I just I think you brought up like you touched on something that um, it, it's kind of funny. Like right now, it, it's it's always <laughs> something that you can clearly see with with the topic of climate change. But it's it's almost more clear right now with with covid how the country and, and this is a big, broad blanket statement. But it seems like in general, like if you're not in science, if you're just general public, um, you look at science in one of two ways and it's either that science is all knowing and and uh you know every you know scientists are always right and that kind of thing or you look at it really skeptically and you're like well they're wrong half the time anyway you know the weatherman's always wrong about the weather climate change isn't human caused <laughs> and covid's actually not really a big deal yada 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 and they and they don't think that scientists know anything and and i feel like a large part of that is that people miss they miss that so much of science is the willingness to be wrong and the willingness to change and the willingness to say, this is what we knew at mm -hmm. this point, but now we learn more. And so we changed our mind. Um, and, and this is our new prediction based on this new information. People kind of perceive that as like, oh, see, they don't know what they're talking about. The numbers are always changing. Yeah. But it's just like that's... yeah, that's that's a, that's a scary thing to me. Yeah. Like like well, you know, you had this number and now you have this number, so that must mean that um, your research is trash and you're wrong. It's like no, <laughs> um, as we as knowledge uh, grows, we figure out new ways to to learn things, and also um, the systems that we we study are not always static. They're yeah. they're changing as well. Yeah. And um, especially with animals, animals mm -hmm. adapt and animals evolve. And um, I'm sure like years ago, you'd have been like, oh, well, this animal does only this thing. But um, now you're like, oh, wait, it does it for these reasons too. And it also now does this. And people, there are people who are like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need we need to communicate with the wider public that um these things aren't static they change yeah. and um we're tracking the changes we're tracking we're like we're finding out why it's happening now and then when it changes we're going to find out why it changed as well mm -hmm. um and why 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 um, any of that needs to happen in the first place and, and what's causing that to happen, what facilitates it. Um, and I think part of it is the way that science is communicated to people. It's usually like in a way that is hard for them to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the average person who is not a scientist, like, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find a good um, example. 
and I know that there's one that I'm missing completely. <laughs> well, I, I think I think. Oh, uh, like if I if I I'm gonna use the example I used earlier. Sure. If I just like started talking to somebody about frogs, yeah, and I was like, yeah, and then I observed them doing amplexus, and it was blah blah, and I just kept going on about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I I talked to them in a manner that like. Um, they should know what amplexus is. If they don't know what amplexus is, then mm -hmm. I'm not going to explain it to them because how could you even not know what amplexus is in the first place? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Everybody should know what amplexus is. Um, everybody should study frogs and know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can't you can't communicate with people like that. And it's not that you you're babying anybody or anything like that because I think. Um, some people are like oh well they should be on a on my level to to get this to understand this is like no some people just don't know they haven't extensively studied the thing that you've studied yeah, right. so you can't use those same terms when you're talking to them yeah and um you don't need to be condescending mm -hmm. you don't need to be rude uh, somebody like asks you hey what is thing what is this thing and maybe you've answered that question several times already for the day <laughs> but again like they don't know that's why that's why the question's being asked and, right and they right. would like to know so if you could find a way to say it where they would understand it and now now that you've you've done that they're like oh okay they're gonna remember the term um most likely Mm -hmm. They're going to find a way to tell their friends about the term. They're going to look up the term. They're going to find out more about it. Um, they want to figure things out. And they're going to want to learn. Um, I think the way that we communicate science sometimes is solely for other scientists and yeah. not for the, the people who don't actively study science. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about the uh, the process of it. I mean, how often on the news is it like chocolate causes cancer and then two weeks later it's chocolate doesn't cause cancer. And and so it's kind of like and that's a really, really <laughs> bad example. But like then people yeah. are like, what? And then they they become untrustworthy of science because it's like, you know, the process isn't really being communicated or how how data points might change or predictions might change and, you know, why and what that means and. And so, you know, there, I think there's a lot of confusion there on, on just, you know, what yeah. science is. I think that's, that's one of the problems too. It's like, um, and I, John Oliver did an episode on this last week tonight. I watch a lot of last week tonight. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's a show that I put on when I'm doing things. Yeah. So I don't have to think about, cause I've already seen it so that I can just have it on and I, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised about what's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't have to fully pay attention to it, but, um, it's the way that the media communicates science as well sometimes because mm -hmm. they're not scientists themselves, yeah. but they're also trying to communicate a study in a way that makes it fun and interesting right. for the people yeah. listening. And there's nothing wrong with wanting something to be fun and interesting for people to listen. But if it's being interpreted in a way that is wrong, that's, that's what you don't want. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be important um, that we we have a way to communicate that to people, yeah. and that um, we have a way that the media can then communicate that to other people, or just have scientists talk about the science yeah. <laughs> instead of reporters. right. <laughs> um, because I know there's a lot of things about journalism journalism that I don't know yeah. that I would never presume to to yeah. to know or right. attempt to talk about but um i i think if we have people who are able to effectively communicate science that would be amazing yes <laughs> in 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 dire need. <laughs> um but you know you you are doing a great job of it and um yeah, I, I'm doing my best. Yeah. Um, well, your best is a good job. I'm actually not on Twitter <laughs> right now. Um, I I'm kind of like in the shadows for the the week. Sure. Um, the Trump administration has disappointed me yet again. Yeah. yeah. But like personally, this time, like it's always been like really personal because I I think all their um everything they've done is trash. Mm -hmm. But like 
this one especially i'm like oh god yeah um yeah i i came here because i wanted to study and i wanted to be a scientist and i wanted to make valuable contributions to the scientific world Mm -hmm. um and i thought america would be the best place to do that but um america right now doesn't think that international students are um worth worth it i guess is one way to describe it um which is sad and um ridiculous it it yeah Uh, (laughs) it's ridiculous um uh, profane words too but um (laughs) yeah it like some people's countries are shut down they can't even go they can't go home at all where are they gonna go like and then if they have in-person classes then you're putting them in in danger of contracting covid and then and then what what are you gonna tell their families back home oh i'm sorry they died of something that we could have prevented them from contracting because we just didn't want immigrants in the country what are you gonna say yeah that's what are you gonna do there's and no then good and answer. then and then he'll get on TV and he'll be like, "I don't know why America's um was such a high rate of COVID. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we have the highest numbers, and it's because we're doing no. It's because we're doing more tests. That's why yeah. he's gonna get on TV yeah, and say that's that. That's what's gonna happen. Yep. And, it's, yep. Ooh, and that we're a model for oh, the rest of the world. I almost broke the hanger I'm holding on to. I'm gonna put it to the side. <laughs> I mean, what would that, and it's okay if you don't, um, you know, if you don't want to go, you know, go into it and stuff, but I mean, what would that, what would that mean for you and like the work that you're doing? Um, I, I don't know what I'd do with my, my cat, first of all, like, um, my, my darling son that, um, (laughs) is my leg again under the door (laughs) who needs my attention all the time. Um, and then uh, uh, my tarantula, my chameleon, and my snake. But also, like, um, I don't know how I'd get home because plane tickets are very expensive, yeah. and I cannot afford a plane ticket right now. Yeah. So um, unless the Trump administration is paying for my uh, plane ticket home, mm-hmm. I don't know how I would get back home to begin with. And then I get back home, and um, I have to hope that my internet connection is going to be stable when I have important things to do, because... Um, I haven't checked in with my brother recently about it, but last time we did talk about it because of um, because they had to set everything back up after the hurricane yeah. destroyed uh, basically my entire island. Mm-hmm. Um, the connections were kind of crap, and they would like go in and out on occasion. So um, hopefully everything's fine now, um, but I I think some places are still pretty spotty. Yeah. Hopefully my house is not one of them. Um, is one of the things that I have to to hope for. Um, I wouldn't be able to, um, I would have to try somehow to have uh, all the meetings that I need to have, get all the things done that I need to do. Um, I would like to speak to some professors about joining their lab. I don't know how I would get back to America, um, especially with all this happening. Um, uh, I would hope things change so that I can get back to America. Um, I would just have to to hope that like everything aligns in such a way that I can like get home and then get home safely my government would quarantine me because I think at this point um there's probably like zero cases of COVID Mm -hmm. on my island um I actually am gonna quote her on that um Dominica only ever had 18 cases and they are currently sitting at zero they've been COVID free for quite a while um don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the news recently. But last I last I checked, I think there was like one person in the hospital recovering. Um, it did have to quarantine me and make sure that I don't have it. And then I can go meet my family. And then I'm not um, 
<laughs> I'd have to to figure out how I'm going to do homework. Um, I wouldn't have my textbooks. Why would I not have textbooks? Because I'm not in America. So I can't take them to Dominica with me because how am I going to mail them back? They either wouldn't get there or they would get there so late I'd have a really high late fee and I can't afford to pay that yeah. either. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, I wouldn't have access to some of the same things that I have access to now because um, a lot of things, um, which I'm sure people don't realize, are restricted by country. So if I'm not in America, I can't access certain things. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be able to do some of that. Um, and I'd have to just like hope that uh, if I get an e-textbook, if I can't afford to get one, that it's... Um, that it's not restricted by country and I can definitely access it back home. And um, that is also something that I didn't think about myself until I went back home um, on my research trip. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I still have access to this e textbook. And he was like, your country can't look at this. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Dang. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like, this isn't for your country. Um, I was like, oh, sh shoot. <laughs> uh, And then I'd have to somehow find the money, get a plane ticket back to America. If I can um, even get back to America, um, I might have to do another visa interview um, because instead of just like staying here and then like going to another school and I'm done with my one class that I have left, mm -hmm. um, I'd be back home and um I'd have to, I might have to do a whole new visa interview to be able to re-enter the country and then do a visa interview, you need to pay the application fee, pay the filing fee, um, fly to Barbados where the embassy is, pay for the hotel that you're staying at, um, pay for the taxi to get to the embassy to do your thing, wait, wait a week for them to tell you whether or not you can go to America, they think that you're worthy enough to go to America. Uh, <laughs> yeah. wait for them to mail your passport back. You're the one who's paying for them to mail mail your passport back to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm paying them to mail my passport back to me, but okay. <laughs> yeah. um, there's just a lot of like ifs and maybes and variables and yeah. I'm very uncomfortable with a lot of them. Like, I don't like uncertainty. Nobody does, yeah. but I especially don't like it when it comes to um, my future. Like, I I love these little lizards. Please just let me stay here and um, study my lizards. <laughs> that's all I, that's yeah. all I really want to do. And they love, they love saying that um, we just don't want people to come here illegally. If you come here the right way, then it's okay. But we all came here the right way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then what do you want from us now? You know, I, I talked to Chelsea a little bit after this conversation, and one thing that she wanted to make clear was she's not saying that if you did not come here, quote, the right way, end quote, um, she's not saying that you don't belong here. It's something I agree with. What she's referring to is this sort of racist gatekeeping that our country has in place where we tell people they, they should only come here in a certain way that's full of hoops and loops and uh, all kinds of ridiculous measures um, that make it incredibly difficult on really little basis. Like what, what do you really want us to do? We came here the right way. We did the applications. We filled out the applications. We paid for the the passport size photos that you wanted um we flew to our embassies um if you don't live in the the country for your embassy because some people live in like um like how i'm in the caribbean and there's like just one embassy for the entire caribbean and if you're not on the island you have to fly to the island some people live in areas like that where it's like there's an embassy but it's like over there and you have to fly to it yeah. so you pay to get to the embassy 
uh, to get to the, the country or region or area for the embassy, pay to get to the embassy, pay for the interview, pay for the application pay another fee that I didn't quite understand what I'm paying it for, but I had to pay it to move on. And I'm looking at it like, this is $75, $75 US dollars, because I, I have to think about an exchange rate, because I yeah. our country uses Eastern Caribbean, like um, most of the Caribbean islands do. And the US dollar is a two point something oh. um, EC. So it's it's double, it's yeah. double. So I'm not paying $75. Then. Yeah. I'm paying twice that um, and then I have to get there and I have to make sure that I I don't seem too eager to go to America because that's one of the things that get you sometimes. Like if you look too eager, they're like, what do you really want to do? Are you really, do you really want to study? We're not sure. Um, so I have to be happy, but not too happy. I got to temper it somehow. And then I also have to like be really patriotic to my country so they don't think I'm going to stay in America. So they'd be like, okay, yeah, they'll leave when they graduate. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of weird hoops that I have to jump through doing yeah. this interview um, for them. And uh, then I have to uh, so you fly back home um, after I pay them to mail me back my passport Um if it's been approved if it hasn't then i have to try again um and trying again means i have to pay some of those same fees all over again as well um which is just like oh man they really think i'm made of money here yeah. right <laughs> um and then i have to think about my student loan uh, which i really don't want to think about but i'm an adult and i have to think about it <laughs> Yeah. And um, how am I going to pay back my student loan? It's uh, as ah, it's it's, it's uh, kind of a thing that I need to to have a job to pay back, and um, yeah. I can't have a job that pays well enough in my field uh, back home because they they don't have the market for that yet. And I'm hoping that they will in the future, and I can yeah. do that. But right now, I can't do that here yeah. and then like even being here as an international student i can't legally work off campus so i can only work on campus and if campus is shut down i have no job yeah so um uh how am i paying rent how how am i buying groceries how am i feeding my cat that's again poking my leg <laughs> Because he's he can he can see he ate through to the bottom of his bowl and forgot all the other food <laughs> to the side. So he's 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 hungry and he's harassing me, um, even though there's food in his bowl and he's you just somehow is blind to it. Um, we do everything right. We jump through all of these hoops. We do everything they tell us to do, and then somehow that seems like that's not enough. It's still not enough. And, it's so exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I think. I feel like I just, like, I said a lot and it didn't <laughs> quite all make sense. But, you know. It, it made perfect sense. <laughs> it did. And, um, I, I think, I think, uh, I think anyone listening who, has any common sense about them can see what the real, you know, the real central issue at base is that leads to all of these things and keeps it so hard and so tricky with so many layers and so much red tape and so much money. And, um, I, th I think, I think people can see through that. I would hope, but for those and they who, can they, are... they can hopefully tell that Stephen Miller is a weird little creep. <laughs> and I, I just think that, uh, I mean, and for the people who, the people who don't quite get it, it's, it's race, you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and, and it's just, um, you know, we, you know, we're like we're we're starting we're starting some small initiatives, and we're in the initial fundraising stage of like, you know, one of the things you, you brought up was, you know, what do you do when you have to take an internship, and like you really need it to further your career and things, but it's but it's unpaid, 
and you're expected to take three months of the summer, no income whatsoever, just so that you can get something additional for your educational experience. You know, like some degrees require it, you know, an internship. But and then Mm -hmm. and then at a lot of these places, you have to pay for the credits. You have to do the internship that's unpaid and then pay for the credits to do the internship and have it count towards your graduation. So not only are you not being paid, but you are paying for the unpaid experience, which is ridiculous as a system. And, um, you know, there's obviously there's clearer things that could be done, um, you know, with that more, you know, obvious things, but, you know, the stage that we're at, at least in the moment is, you know, we're, we're not capable of any drastic change or anything so at the moment you know uh funding initiatives you know we're 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 trying to raise funds for you know grants that we could award people who are having to take an unpaid internship should that be on a nonprofit organization no it should be on the institution itself um yeah but you know we're you know doing things like that you know to to, to you know try and and bypass some of those barriers where we can um but as you as you laid out, I mean, there's endless. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Um, and my friend who who um, taught me how to fish last night, mm-hmm. she's um, also an international student. She's from Australia, and um, like we got ice cream. Um, because we were like, oh, well, I don't want to cry about this. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we, then we need ice cream. So we got ice cream. We didn't end up crying. We just like sat there fishing and that was like really relaxing. But um, we're also torn with like, okay, um, what what are, what are schools going to do? Because they need to also step up and, and fight for us. Yeah. Because we pay so much intuition we pay way more than domestic students do and we also like work a lot harder particularly like at the school that i'm at right now and i avoid saying their name usually um Mm -hmm. (laughs) the school that i'm at right now uh was i don't i i'm not trying to sound um I, uh, God, I can't find the word right now. But um, once I start explaining it, you'll you'll know what I mean. Yeah. I can't find the word right now. But I'm just I'm just stating facts in a really blunt way. Mm-hmm. Um, the school was really small and unknown before the Caribbean students came in, and um, Caribbean the Caribbean governments developed a relationship with the school. Um, a lot of people. Um, across different islands get scholarships but uh, a lot of people also have student loans to pay their tuition mm-hmm. and um, we are overachievers uh, by default and um, we do amazing we get scholarships we get recognition for our academic um, efforts uh, from different institutions and different organizations that we've joined and um we we've done a lot for improving the image of the school for academics and then um certain things that they do and certain policies that they have it's like oh well do you even care about us like the international students have time and again like come through with um putting things together and and um doing our best and and wanting the school to be its best and it feels like time and again they show us that like uh we uh kind of really don't care (laughs) um and it's it's hard it's hard to see that and um now with something like this is like okay well we would need the universities to like stand up for us Mm -hmm. as part of this right very least at the very least Think about how much in tuition we pay. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to think about us, think about all of the tuition that yeah. we pay. If the human beings millions at the of dollars aren't enough for you, what's the? <laughs> let's look at the dollar sign, I guess. About your bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Because, like, they, they have to do something, right? They yeah. have to they have to do something at this point. And, um, gosh, I hope so. But at the same time, like, if that's what we're waiting on, um, I don't know how many schools care enough to, to want to do that for their international students. Um, and uh, that's scary. That's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, Again, I, I don't mean to sound like, oh, you were nothing before me. I don't mean to sound like that person. Mm-hmm. That's not entire, That's not at all what I'm saying. Um, I'm just saying that having a lot of hardworking students uh, who, who put themselves out there um, regionally and sometimes nationally uh, to get recognition for their, their efforts for academics, yeah. which is what a lot of Caribbean students do, it's um it helps a university's image and then once they realize it they kind of just like i don't want to say pray because then that sounds really aggressive (laughs) (laughs) they capitalized yeah there we go (laughs) put up pictures and yeah oh yeah yeah And then they're like, oh, we're really proud of our um, international student population. They're amazing. But then it's like, okay, well, um, hi, I'd like to report this thing. And they're like, um, okay, well, ooh, I'm not going to reply to you until a week later when this person has retired. And then I'm going to tell you they were retiring, uh, um, which you didn't even know, but I'm going to tell you when they retired that they retired. Ah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let our honor students go to one of your islands and watch people, uh, watch restaurant workers like their zoo animals and um, write a study about that and call it research and put it on display at our research symposium. Um, ignore the fact that they didn't get any consent for their quote unquote study. Mm-hmm. And then um, ignore you when you you report it ignore you until I get an email from somebody who has like the PhD at the end of their their name um about that I'm just gonna ignore that flat out until something like that happens yeah. you know just uh overall create a really welcoming environment yeah. you know yeah. it's, mm, it's cool Wow, I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh, to get no, no, no. so like serious. No, you're fine. I'm <laughs> sorry. Here is why things are trash. <laughs> we oh. were just talking about anoles. <laughs> it's important, you know, and um, and honestly, it it's, you know, we, I feel like the overall, if you know, maybe I'm being too meta, or something, but you know, the overall, you know, change and you know, how positive change can be and stuff, you know, with anoles and, and, and you getting into anoles in the first place. And, you know, I, I feel like there's this overall, you know, with, uh, you know, and black AF and STEM, like the, the change, you know, and the, and the need for change and the importance of change and, um, the positivity, but also, you know, the, you know, the, the positivity that can come with change, but also not really knowing where things are going to end up. You know, you don't really know what's going to end up with. I mean, you don't know how many species there actually are for anoles yet. Uh, you don't know if this one you're looking at is in fact the species you think it is until you look at the hemipene and then you're like, oh, okay, no, that's a different... <laughs> or, or uh, you know, change in, in life in general, it's just, um, it's you know, the world and everything is just so dynamic and it's so, so hard to predict what the next thing is that's going to happen. And you can hope, um, and you can work towards, you know, better change and, 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 and you know, a more perfect system and stuff. It is just, uh, uh, that uncertainty piece, it, it, you know, depending on the context, you know, sometimes it can be great and interesting and sometimes, um, not so much, um, but I mean, what do you, what do you think? Like, what do you, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ask you to speak for everyone involved with Black AF and STEM or anything like that. But what do you, what do you hope is the future of uh, that initiative, or or what do you hope 
to see, you know, happen in the future. Um, I hope that we can open up opportunities for yeah. um, people who haven't been handed um, handed them normally in um, in academia. Um, like I said earlier, like unpaid internships is is one of those things. Um, also, being able to to attend conferences, because um, even though they're like some like you know some just like it's a week, um, some people can't afford to take that that week off. Um, some schools don't want to like pay for certain things, and it's not necessarily the school. Sometimes it is like the department chair, which almost happened to me. My department chair did not want to did not want to pay for me to go present my research at this conference because he's a hateful wool man. Um, he's he's racist and he's sexist, and um, I was that mouthy student in his class, and he didn't want to pay for me to to go do it. Um, we need less less of that. Um, we I would like to see that when people like that get reported, that things actually happen. Yeah. Um, they're not quietly removed from one position, but then they still get to stay on yeah. uh, teaching students. Um, is still impacting their lives in some way and their careers because like for example that one professor is responsible for so many students dropping out of biology because he decided that he's the gatekeeper and he's he's going to decide who's worthy enough to study biology and that should never happen mm -hmm. that's that's not okay um, and I hope with these conversations that have started that are continuing that we're able to, to call up people like that more often and that more often they get they get the power taken away from them because they definitely yeah, yeah they don't they don't need to to remain doing any kind of job they don't need that yeah um and we have more diverse voices because that's how you get more viewpoints that's how you you get a more effective um more effective system that you have people from from every background and not just the people who um could afford to be there um with people who who don't always have the funds um yeah. doesn't mean that they're they're not capable as well doesn't mean that they can't work as hard and um, some people don't test well also. And oh, yeah. Oh, we testing need... is just a whole other. <laughs> oh, testing is a whole other thing. Like, uh. um, I did not know that uh, until someone like someone who has um, accommodations uh, told me directly, I did not know that I could get accommodations for my disability for testing uh, and for class and I feel like that's information that needs to be more readily volunteered by schools as well yeah. that's a that's that's another conversation that we need to have that you inform students that they have the right to if they you know um, if you have a disability you have the right to have these accommodations to to help you be on um, equal level with the other people in your class yeah and um, you don't have to sit there in class suffering and oh man my battery's at 19 percent. i'm sorry <laughs> <That's okay>. um, <laughs> you don't you don't have to have a miserable experience in college um i hope that more professors um listen to their students when they tell them, hey, this thing happened, or hey, I'm uncomfortable with this. Um, that's because that's incredibly important that you listen to to someone telling you that um, yeah. something happened yeah. that, um, because what, like one of those things too is microaggressions and people don't always understand what a microaggression is. Yeah. Um, I describe microaggressions as like, um, things that bioaccumulate so it's there 
they don't seem like a lot right away but um over time it just mm-hmm. toll really sets in for you and um again like having having these conversations like you know telling people what's wrong and explaining to them like here's here's what this ha- what happens and here's what it feels like yeah. and people being willing to listen and grow from that um and uh i hope when people try to start these conversations that people are actually listening and they're not just sitting there and saying yeah okay i hear you they're actually actively listening and thinking of ways that they can they can help and they can be a good ally yeah and um um uh people need to actively be uh, anti-racist and actively um be able to to learn to sit with their discomfort um because one of the things um that people have trouble with is when you you call them out for harmful behavior they have trouble sitting with that mm-hmm. that discomfort that they have they have they have, they don't want to they they want to jump and be defensive yeah but um nobody's yep. canceling you <laughs> um you can't even cancel me what is canceling someone anyway but um nobody's canceling you or anything like that it's you did something harmful and i'm letting you know that you did something harmful and that's not okay and here's why it's not okay and if that makes you uncomfortable then you just need to sit with that because you don't need to be at the center of this um you need to decenter yourself what needs to be at the center is the harm that you did and how you can fix it yeah if suddenly it becomes all about how now your feelings are hurt um, because because somebody told you that you did something wrong and now yeah. you focus on that, I mean that's that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I had someone do that to me, and it's just like, oh my god, please, why are you like this? <laughs> um, there's I and um, I they're still doing it, and I just like, uh, I I'm so happy that I don't have to talk to you anymore because it is tiring like please listen to people yeah. it's it can be hard sometimes especially when you're told to look at yourself and look at what you're doing it's hard to be introspective and mm-hmm. it's it's hard to accept that you've done something wrong but we all make mistakes yeah and uh, people point out to me that I make mistakes and I go dang uh i'm sorry um i was upset about this thing but i should have thought about that more i should have been careful and um that wasn't okay i'm sorry and that's 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 how you apologize you don't say if because it's not (laughs) if i'm not telling you that you hurt me because it was like uh i didn't say maybe you hurt me i I said you hurt so you should fully apologize and say i'm sorry if i hurt you no i'm sorry that i hurt you (laughs) Because you're not having this conversation right now. Because if, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where so you know so many people I think are are willing enough to look and and say oh I see the problem you know like outside of myself you know they're oh mm-hmm. society has this issue yes it's it's a horrible thing and um um you know or or oh man racism right. Uh, and then and then when it comes to themselves you know just be so adamant that they have no role whatsoever you know oh no well i'm not racist um but or i'm not racist racist? uh, yeah oh i have friends of color and it's i have a black friend (laughs) (laughs) and and you know people just get so hung up and i and i mean and it's not just race it's it's so many different issues i mean hell it's it's climate change you know i I don't have a role in that that's it it, you know people just are so unwilling to look at themselves i love nature how can i be contributing to climate change (laughs) yeah and and it's just like (laughs) it wouldn't be a the thing here's the thing society is made up of people if society has an issue it means the people have an issue and you can't acknowledge one without acknowledging the other 
And if you are a part of that society, mm-hmm. you know, especially the the you know, in the the the, the way that you know our the American society is set up, um, you know, to to benefit to benefit white people, uh, you can't say, oh, well, I can acknowledge that this is an issue on a societal level, but I'm not a part of it. Um, that those two are right. contradictory to each other and doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> you don't you don't have to. You don't have to be the one um, putting things in place to stop people or to make things harder for people mm-hmm. to also benefit from yeah. from those things being in place. Yeah. Like everybody that's white benefits from white privilege. It doesn't matter if you grew up poor. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter if you have a, a black friend. Um, that's like white privilege is that your skin color gives you a privilege over somebody else who does not have the same color skin that you do Mm -hmm. um and has nothing to do with your socioeconomic status yeah yeah which is you know just the uh (coughs) the currently polite way of referring to (laughs) race for the most part you know oh the socio lower socioeconomic or higher socioeconomic yeah Mm -hmm. yeah words um yeah this is something i i feel like we could go on about for for, oh yeah for quite a while but um i'm looking at the time i know it's been almost two hours so and i I don't want to keep and i know your thing's dying oh no it's okay it's okay um and i know you said like 10 minutes ago your thing's at 19 so i i want to uh you know respect that and um it's at 15 now it's going slower than i thought it would be so i'm like oh okay i'm fine well um Gosh, thank thank you so much. Uh, this is this has just been such a good conversation, and um, I just appreciate everything that you've had to say, um, and and your willingness to you know speak your truth and and yeah, um, thank you much for um, having me. Thank you all for listening today. Um, I know it was different from what we normally do. We didn't have any weird comedy quips or asides or really poorly done animal sounds or even a break for that matter. We just kind of uh, ran through it. And I know for some of you, that might be kind of hard. Um, Some of what we talked about might've been kind of hard, but it was an important conversation nevertheless. So I just, uh, if you're hearing this, that means you stuck through it. And that you listened and I just hope that you take this information and you reflect and you think about your roles our roles what we can do where change can be made and that um, rather than just talking about it which talking is of course important that we do something to act so I hope you're all well I know these are scary uncertain times, but take care. I'm Devin Boker, and this was The Wildlife.